Today I'm going to be telling you guys the story of a time I almost got kidnapped. It's, it's a pretty wild one. Uh, it's a nefarious story that involves me skating around my neighborhood and running away from a white van that was chasing me. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply for a solid 30 minutes and uh yeah it's pretty exciting so grab your popcorn buckle your seatbelt call chris hansen and let him know there's a predator on the way ladies and gentlemen because we're getting into it uh, so when i was 12 13 i was super into skateboarding all right i, I was a pretty edgy kid it's why i'm allowed to wear thrasher now because uh, I, I actually do skate for your information young lady and because of this i could usually be found uh mobbing around the neighborhood with my uh cory kennedy signature deck you know how it is just, just, just booling in the trap house and uh, trying my best to have a good time, you know. And uh, I, I guess <laughs> I, I was a little younger than I thought. You know, when you're 12, you think you're a super savage that could never be kidnapped. And in reality, looking back, I was like five two, nothing, and uh, it definitely would have been pretty easy to kidnap and murder. Not gonna lie. So there's this church uh, down the road from my house, and they had this like four stair thing with a curb before, and it was pretty fun to skate. So I was out there, you know, doing my thing. I, I think at the time I was trying to learn backside flips. So I'm out there, you know, just trying to do it down this little stair, and I'm just failing constantly and occasionally people would like you know watch i guess is the right word i i don't know it sounds creepier than it was it was just pretty normal and uh, I, I just wouldn't pay him any attention so i got my headphones in i'm booling you know just in the back of this parking lot of the church it's like a tuesday morning during the summer and uh, out of nowhere this white van kind of pulls up and parks weirdly close to me and it's got like the whited out windows and i'm like okay i'm being dramatic there's no way <laughs> kidnappers actually use that van it's just a meme right there's no way they actually would use that van so i keep trying to go about my business but i can't shake this weird feeling that i'm being watched and i'm not usually a dramatic person but i just have this feeling i'm like they are watching me 100 i have no doubt in my mind that someone is watching me and it's just a feeling you know it's an illogical feeling but it's a feeling nonetheless and you can't help but shake it so whatever i keep trying to skate but eventually this van's weirding me out too much so I, I grab my board and i start to uh like go back towards my house and the way this is situated the church parking lot is like over here and i have to cut through the desert to get back to the trail to get back to my house so i'm walking across the desert and i hear the van start up and it pulls out of the parking lot and into the desert and at this point i'm like oh i'm gonna die this is it i'm about to get kidnapped and yeeted on harder than kermit the frog in that one vine so, uh, I, I run a little bit, and when I run, I hear him step on the gas, and the van starts to go faster, and I'm like, great, I'm about to get yeeted on. So, I'm running through the desert with this van following me. Thankfully, the desert's pretty rough, so I don't think he can really, like, gun it through that well without messing up his car. So, I get to the trail, and I turn around, and the van's still coming across the desert at a pretty rapid pace. So, I get on my skateboard and start pushing down the trail as fast as humanly possible, and the van cuts onto the trail and starts coming behind me. And at this point, you know, I'm thinking evasive maneuvers. All right, I've played enough Grand Theft Auto. I know how to escape five stars. I can probably escape a kidnapper. 
So as I'm booling down the trail, I'm trying to shake and bake a little bit, you know, Ricky Bobby Tommy Talladega Knight style, and the van's just staying on me. It knows, it knows that I can basically only go in a straight line while I'm on my skateboard, so I'm just going straight. But as I'm going, I know there's an offshoot through a gate to my right to get back into my neighborhood, so I take the offshoot pretty quick, but along the way, like, I fall a little bit. And as I fall, my board gets stuck and keeps rolling. So I reach my arm back around the gate, I grab my board, and I, I jump into my neighborhood and I keep going. But now he knows I'm in the neighborhood and there's a turn in a few feet ahead. So I start going through my neighborhood and I see him turn in right where it was in front of me. And he tries to stop the van right in front of me, but I'm not an idiot. Like, you think I'm just going to go into the van and be like, oh, dang, you were in front of me. My bad. So I, I go around him and keep going up. And I'm like, well, I can't go home because no one's home. So if I go home, he's just going to break into the house and kidnap me that way. So I got to lose him. So I started zipping through my neighborhood on streets and bombing downhill. I don't think I've ever gone this fast on a skateboard before in my entire life. And he's just keeping on me. I would lose him for a little bit, then he'd find me. And finally, after I lose him, I jump in my neighbor's backyard. A few houses down, right? I, I knew them. They were friends with my little brother. So I hop in the backyard and I'm just chilling like I'm hiding behind the wall and I hear this car going up and down the neighborhood. I hear it stop at like in front of my house, uh, my neighbor's house, like this entire area, like right in front of this house. And I hear somebody like walking around and they're like, oh, I don't know where he went. There's two of them. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm about to get kidnapped. If they come in the backyard, I'm going to get toasted. They're going to have me. I have nowhere to run. So whatever they say, forget it. And they get back in the van. And, and they drive away. And at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, I survived. Wow, I did not expect this. So uh, they leave and I, I go back to my house as fast as humanly possible and I sit down and I'm breathing really heavily. And uh, for some reason, I decided not to call the cops. There was a no skateboarding sign at the church and so I thought I was gonna get in trouble if I called the cops and told them what happened, which is a really stupid idea. I 100% should have called the police, but uh, <laughs> my adrenaline was pumping. I just actually, uh, Childish Gambino ran away from those guys. It was pretty impressive. And uh, you know, <laughs> I single-handedly basically stopped a bunch of kidnappers and by stopped, I mean ran away like a little girl and hid in the backyard. But a moral of the story, I didn't die. I didn't go missing. So I'm going to count this as a W in my book. I don't know about you guys, but I think a uh, 100% success rate is better than zero. I should have called the cops, but I didn't. And, and that's on me. Moral of the story, if you're going to get kidnapped, run away. And uh, today I'm going to be telling you guys the story of a time a teacher absolutely snapped on a kid in one of my classes. And when I mean absolutely snapped, there is desk flipping, there's swear words, there's roasts. And nothing says a good roast like a teacher, alright? A 37-year-old man who hates his life definitely wishes he hadn't have been a teacher wearing, uh, you know, some loafers just absolutely going in on how you're going to work at McDonald's one day is, is a pretty, pretty funny sight to see. So I figured I'd tell it to you guys and without further ado, uh, let's do this. So, uh, there was a teacher that I had in high school, and for the purpose of this story, we're gonna call him, uh, Mr. Sukumana. Sukumana was a very interesting teacher, and by interesting, I mean I hated him. He was definitely one of the biggest jerks I've ever met in my entire life. You can just tell by the way his face looked that he hated his life and everything he had ever done with it. Like, definitely, definitely made some terrible decisions. He would tell us that he would have gone pro in soccer if he wouldn't have hurt his knee, but I, I, I don't believe that for a second, because Mr. Sukumana seemed like the type of person that no one would want to work with, especially on his professional sports team. But regardless, he was a pretty miserable guy and would spend most days uh, taking out his anger on us, you know? Know, giving us massive amounts of homework, not letting us have any fun. Like, if you laughed in his classroom, he would actually try to send you to the dean's office. So he was not a nice guy. But this story is a time where Sukumana really made me laugh, you know? He made me giggle like a little schoolgirl. Uh, there was this other kid in my class that I liked almost as little as Mr. Sukumana. 
And his name for this story is going to be Jeremy, because I feel like Jeremy is just a good name to make fun of. And Jeremy, you know, uh, was the type of kid that uh, was convinced that school was useless for him because he really knew how to sell weed. And one day he was going to be a CEO because he sold drugs to high school kids. And just was disrespectful to everybody, you know, like acted like he was uh, the coolest kid to ever exist and that nobody would ever have to listen to him. So one day we're sitting in in this class, you know, and Mr. Sukmana is going off and uh, Jeremy starts rattling off about how this is stupid and he's never going to need anything like that. And Mr. Sukmana, instead of just doing his usual routine of being like, Jeremy, please shut up. No, no, no. I don't know if Mr. Sukmana was having a bad day or what, but he turns around and he goes, Jeremy, listen. I know you think that you have a bright future ahead because you sell drugs or whatever, but listen, man, no one's ever going to hire you. You are actually the most unintelligent student I've had in nearly 25 years of teaching, and if it were up to me, I would expel you now because it's not like you're going to graduate anyways. So maybe, instead of bashing what I'm teaching you, understand that your life is going to be in shambles and you're going to wish that you could go back to high school when you were at your peak. And you know when something hurts and it's like, it's so true, you don't even have a comeback, you know? Like when people say that I'm desperate for views, so I have to clickbait my life. Yeah, 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 you know, like it's it hurts so badly that you can just sit there and silence slack-jawed. That's what Jeremy's face is doing right now. Just the, oh my god, I don't even know what to say because it's so true, it hurts face. That That's what I'm seeing. And the entire class is just dead silent. And then I start laughing because I'm like, oh, th- this is, this is good. This is some comedic gold we got going on right here. And Mr. Sukumana goes, why are you laughing, Ryan? And I'm like, I don't know, that was just funny. And he goes, yeah? Well, I don't think it was. I need both of you to go to the dean's office. And I'm like, ah, come on, bro. Like, I just giggled at the fact that Jeremy just got game-ended by you. And you're gonna send me to the dean's office? I'm providing moral support for you, Mr. Sukumana. But whatever, I get to the, I get up, I start going to the dean's office, but Jeremy isn't having it, no, 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 he's, he's trying to come back from this, he's like, I just got roasted, my pride has been challenged, I have to, I have to try to flame back. So Jeremy gets up, and instead of just keeping his mouth shut and walking to the dean's office after getting absolutely obliterated by a 55-year-old man, he decides to fire back and goes, yeah, well, at least I don't hate my job, and, and Mr. Suckamana ain't having that, no, 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 Mr. Suckamana turns around and goes, Jeremy, you don't have a job, you're unemployed, the only money you get is from selling weed to kids too stupid to understand that you're a terrible salesman and i guarantee you after high school none of them will have anything to do with you because they're all going to go and do something with their lives and jeremy jeremy just got bodied all right i swear six nine was somewhere in the club singing scum gang towards mr suckamana with the absolute fire that was coming out of his mouth all right like 21 savage became american at mr suckamana roasting this kid that hard And Jeremy just kind of looks down and goes, whatever, bro, like, you're just a hater. Which is just the weakest comeback, you know? At least have an argument. You could have been like, wow, you know, you lash out at your students because you're dramatically unhappy with your life. Would have been a better comeback than you're a hater. Because when somebody says, oh, you're just a hater, you know they have no comeback. That's just the truth of the matter. So whatever, he sends us both to the dean's office, we get up there, uh, they, they go, oh, who are you from? We say Mr. Sukabana, and they usually just send us back to class because it's just, uh, he, he sends us there so often for stupid things, they're kind of just like, hang out here for 20 minutes and then go back and say that we gave you detention. Because he's just that, that petty when it comes to reporting people for stuff. So whatever, we're, we're sitting there, you know, and, uh, and, and, and Jeremy kind of like, you know, is trying to act all tough, like he ain't upset, but I can tell, man, that, that one hit deep, his ego was bruised after those words. So, uh, yeah, moral of the story, don't get into a flame war with somebody that has nothing to lose because they won't hold back, and trust me, you're going to look dumb. Uh, I don't know what Jeremy's up to these days, probably still trying to sell drugs to high schoolers, even though he's, like, 24 years old. He got held back a few times, you know. Uh, but regardless, guys, moral of the story is, uh, Mr. Suckamano was a savage. 
he was a really bad teacher, definitely was a bad man, and uh, roasted me too sometimes, but I'm not going to get into that because I'm insecure. So, uh, yeah, but moral of the story, don't start a flame war with somebody who doesn't care. On that note, guys, that's going to do it for today's video. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you did, be sure to press the like button. Let me know in the comment section down below what you thought. If you did think anything at all, if you just vegged out and watched me uh, suck at surfing, uh, that, that's fine. I still got the watch time. Uh, you guys really said that you wanted more stories about my uncle, so I decided today I'd tell you guys the story of, uh, how my uncle alleges that he joined the Illuminati. I actually gave him a phone call a few days ago and just got him talking, you know? I was like, hey man, is it true that you've infiltrated the Illuminati ever since we had the conversation? And, you know, I could tell, uh, through his reaction on the phone that he was so excited to tell me this story. And it's just pretty wild, so I figured you guys would enjoy it. And, uh, what type of banger title is my uncle joined the Illuminati, you know? That's just a good one. So... Let's get into it. So here I was on the phone with my crazy uncle, and I asked him if he's infiltrated the Illuminati, and he says yes. So I start asking him how he did it, and the story gets a little wild pretty quickly. He says that he was on Twitter on his anonymous account and found a Twitter account that went by the name of uh, Illuminati God or Illuminati Goddess. I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said. Moral of the story, it's an Illuminati deity, all right? Illuminati God. And he DMs them on Twitter and he goes, I know what your evil organization is up to and, and I want to be a part of it. I want to help you with your cause. And he goes, I don't actually, you know, I just want to, I just want to get America back to its Christian values. So I have to infiltrate them from the inside so I can destroy them. And I don't know if my uncle's the sharpest tool in the shed because something tells me the evil organization that's running the world definitely doesn't have a Twitter account with a hundred followers and that's how they're purporting their evil. Just a wild thought. Maybe, maybe not true that the most powerful people in the world are running an anonymous Twitter account that you can just DM to join but whatever that's what <laughs> how this started so i'm playing along at this point oh yeah man that's crazy and what they say back he said that they gave him an email he had to email and he's not going to give it out so that way i don't get involved but uh basically he just sent them an email and was like all right this is who i am i want to join the illuminati and he gets an email back and they're like congratulations you have become one with the brotherhood the first thing you have to do is send bitcoin to this address subject to a hundred dollars and i mean at this point i i'm like i want to tell my uncle he's getting scammed but when he gets like this he really truly believes that he's doing these things like he actually thinks he's in the illuminati now and so i was like eh, please don't send them any more money you know they have enough and he's like oh good point i won't i won't contribute any more financially unless absolutely necessary so i'm, I'm trying to help him out but he he goes ahead and sends them a hundred dollars in bitcoin so somewhere out there some guy's like holy shit i just made a hundred dollars off this crazy dude thinking he joined the illuminati what a business so now i'm curious i'm like all right well you're in the illuminati now how are you going to take them down from the inside and he says, well, here's my plan. I think the Illuminati is a little too trusting, you know? This worldwide evil organization definitely lets newcomers in way too easily. So my plan is to rise up through the ranks, then when I'm in charge of the organization, dismantle it and end it. And uh, I ask him politely, you know, here's my question. How do you know they're not listening to this phone call right now since they're the most powerful people in the world? Two... If you become in charge of the Illuminati and then say, no more Illuminati, won't they just go make a new Illuminati without you? And he goes, no, 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 no. You see, the Illuminati, they're evil, but they're honorably evil. You know, if I ended it, they would just stop. Uh, you know, my, my uncle's going to single-handedly save the world, guys. Don't worry about it. The Illuminati's no big deal because my uncle is just going to tell them to stop and they're just going to listen to him. Don't sweat it, guys. It's going to happen. So I ask him a little bit more. I'm like, all right, well, what have they told you so far since you're part of the Illuminati? Have they given you any information? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically told me that uh, the, the Illuminati, in order to really get through the ranks quickly, because I asked him that, 
you have to show your loyalty by doing a series of tasks. And I go, well, what are some of these tasks? And he goes, well, first things first, I have to learn how to speak Latin because they communicate mainly through Latin and text. So that way the FBI can't read it. And I mean, I don't know. I thought the Illuminati was in charge of the FBI. Not, not to mention, why Latin? You don't think anyone in the FBI can speak a language? Like you think, you know, when the FBI is investigating the Illuminati, they see Latin text messages and they're just like, ah, well, yeah, the crazy Illuminati. What are you, what are you going to do? You know, zany, zany kids texting in Latin. You know, you guys, if you just hop on Rosetta Stone, you can join the Illuminati and help take over the world. Learn a little bit of Latin. The FBI won't know what you're talking about. So I keep talking to my uncle. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're learning Latin. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the library and got a bunch of books. I go, well, what else do you have to do? And he goes, well... Most importantly, in order to join the Illuminati, you have to show your devotion. They, they have these robes you have to wear. You know, it kind of looks like a bathrobe. So now I'm imagining my uncle walking around, tinfoil wrapped around the noggin with his bathrobe, swagging out like Hugh Hefner, speaking Latin in Rosetta Stone with his old earbuds in, with like a Walkman, definitely thinking he joined the Illuminati. And I don't know about you guys, but if these are the people in charge of the world, th that would explain a lot, you know? Definitely think it makes more sense that the world is run by my uncle in a bathrobe than, uh than the Illuminati because the world's a wild place. So anyways, here my uncle is telling me that in a bathrobe and sending $100 in Bitcoin and learning to speak Latin, he's joining the world's most secretive organization ever. And so I ask him if I'm allowed to join, and he goes, no, 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 it's a dangerous path. I don't want you to get involved. And I'm like, well, it doesn't seem that dangerous. I mean, I have a bathrobe. And he's like, yeah, but these people don't play games, man. They'll really do what they have to do to get rid of you if you have too much information. And I'm like, well, don't you have too much information now? And he goes, yeah, but they can't get to me because I have the tinfoil, remember? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot. I forgot, Uncle Joe. I forgot the tinfoil just blocks everything. No one can break into your house if you have tinfoil on your TV, guys. Come on. So at this point, you know, he, he's getting a little crazy. He's going off his rocker about how global warming is a conspiracy and how the Illuminati is doing it in order to gain control of the farms. And, and he starts to ramble. And when he gets rambling, guys, he doesn't stop. So for the next hour, I'm kind of just listening to him go on and on and on about the Illuminati. And you're welcome. I'm committed to the content, okay? But it, it's too crazy to even talk about flat earth, global warming. All this stuff is just purporting out of his mouth. And finally, he gets really quiet and he goes... I think the Illuminati's here, Ryan. I'm going to have to let you go. And I'm like, all right, Uncle Joe, I love you. He goes, I love you too. I said, hey, please don't send them any more money. If you need anything, give me a call, all right? And he goes, all right, I, I got gotcha. you. And he goes, tell your mom I said hi. And I was like, all right. And he goes, don't tell her about the Illuminati, though. It's too dangerous. I all right, Uncle Joe, I won't. I won't. Good luck with the Illuminati, man. Good luck. I told a little bit of this story in my last YouTube video over on the main channel, so uh, a few comments were like, oh, please tell us the whole story, and I was like, all right, bet, 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 bet. So um, that's what we're going to be doing today. Before we get into any of that, though, be sure to press the like button. You guys know the drill, 4,000 likes, and I'll upload tomorrow. That's the drill ski and the bill ski. And without further ado, let's get into talking about the girl that cried over her brand new BMW. Yes, yes, you heard that correctly. So when I was a sophomore in high school, we were all turning 16 and everybody uh, in my school was getting cars. I had to buy my own car, but I went to a school with a lot of uh, really spoiled kids, so it wasn't unusual for kids to get cars for their 16th birthday. And I guess a few girls, you know, really liked attention. They were pretty popular and therefore they wanted to get their car in front of the entire school, you know, really make a spectacle out of it. So one day there's a pep rally. We're all chilling, hanging out, getting hyped for, I don't even know. I never liked college, like high school football, not college football. But I, I guess it was really important for my friends that I went, so I ended up going to this pep rally. And there was this cheerleader at the time. For this story, I'm going to call her Megan. Her name was Megan. And Megan was one of the most spoiled people I'd ever met in her in my entire life. She was super entitled. She always acted like she was better than everybody because her dad was rich. And she was just not a very pleasant person. But whatever, we go through the pep rally. They're doing their cheerleading thing. And after the pep rally... There's an announcement, it's like, everybody go outside to the blah, 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 like this little area next to our parking lot, right? 
So we all go out there, and uh, this Megan girl's dad pulls up in a brand new white BMW, right? Beautiful car, brand new, like I said, just off the lot. And gets out of the car and says, happy birthday, Megan. And you would think Megan goes, holy cow, man, that's like a $50,000, $60,000 sedan. It's a brand new BMW. That's incredible. Wow. Ah, wow. Thank you, dad. This really means a lot to me. But no, 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 no. It can't be that simple, can it, people? Can't be grateful for things that your parents give you in life. Come on, that's too easy. So spoiled Sally over here, instead of being like, ah, thanks for the brand new BMW, dad, walks up to the car and starts crying, like sobbing tears. And we're all like, ah, so grateful. She's crying tears of, you know, gratitude. Oh, thanks, dad. This car's so sick. I'm gonna cry. I don't know. I guess people do that sometimes. I've, I've never personally cried out of thankfulness. But, um... You know, maybe maybe Megan's a little weird. And then we hear it, a shriek, a cry, almost as if she found her own child eating Legos and glue at the same time and realized he was going to grow up to become named Melvin. A, a cry that will forever be emblazoned in my head like the like a brand on a cow. I don't know, something that's permanent, okay? It's the wrong car. And everybody just kind of goes slack-jawed like, what, what, did, what did she just say? Did she actually just say this? Did this homegirl actually just say the words, it's the wrong car to a brand new BMW? I cannot believe what I'm hearing. I don't want to hear what I'm hearing. This is ridiculous, it's insane, but it's a good meme. Like, for the rest of high school, we all used to go, it's the wrong car, whatever a minor inconvenience would happen, you know? Like, whenever somebody's flash drive wouldn't work, it's the wrong car. Like, it was just a good meme, you know? Make fun of the girl that's super spoiled. But whatever, here she is sobbing, screaming that it's the wrong car, in front of the entire school, by the way. It's not like she's having a temper tantrum by herself. Literally, everyone at the pep rally is sitting here, watching the spoiled brat cry about it being the wrong car. And the dad doesn't get mad. He doesn't say, well, I just bought you a car. It's so, like, you're going to like it. No, 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 no. He goes, oh, sweetie, it's okay. It's okay. Here, just get in it and drive it home. And she's like, okay, and gets in the car and drives home. But before she drives away, she says the most powerful last words of all time. I want a white Camaro. It's not a white Camaro. You ruined my birthday. Uh, uh, if my parents ever gave me a car, it could be like a 1999 Toyota Corolla with three wheels. I'd still be hype. I don't even care. But whatever, apparently it wasn't a brand new white Camaro, so it just doesn't count. Your parents don't love you unless they spend an extra, you know, uh, $50,000 on you. That's just the truth, okay, guys? Come on. If your parents haven't bought you at least four cars, they hate you. That's what I'm learning. So here I am thinking, oh, that's the end of the story. She's going to keep the BMW. They're going to talk about it. She's going to think it over and be like, wow, that was a really generous gift. Most people don't get a nice car like this. No, 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 no. The next day, we're walking through the parking lot, and what do we see but a brand new white Camaro that's just being driven into the parking lot by no one else other than Megan. I guess her dad had taken back the BMW to the dealership and bought her the brand new white Camaro she wanted. And I think if you actually do that, your kid is basically guaranteed to become Hitler. Like, think about it this way. You let your daughter cry in front of the entire school and make you look like an idiot over your brand new car that you bought her, the luxury sedan, and then when she cries and claims she wants a different car instead of being like, yeah, no, you're a spoiled, entitled brat, eat shit, you go out and buy her the car she wants! I don't understand what's wrong with people these days. I don't understand if they just never read a parenting book or whatever. Like, I've never read a parenting book, but I'm pretty sure there's a big, a big, big, big sign on, like, every page of a parenting book saying, don't do exactly what you just did. So yeah, Megan proceeded to be the worst human being for the next, uh, last two years of high school. Definitely not too pleasant, but she did have a white Camaro, so I mean, uh, she, she was the real winner here, okay? I'm too poor to understand her struggles. 
The worst part is it was a beautiful car, but like by the time that we were graduating, she never knew how to drive a car like that. So of course it would rattle when it started. It was never taken care of very well because uh, something tells me that a 16 year old girl does not exactly understand how to take care of a muscle car, especially one that cried over getting a BMW. Pro probably not, probably not the best, you know, uh, car owner that we've ever seen. Uh, this is not a joke, guys. Once again, no joke, no scam. You have to press the like button for Jack Black to protect your computer. And without further ado, let's get into more stories about the dark web, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let's get into it. So with most stupid stories that I have on the internet, it involves me, Cyrus, and Benji chilling in a Discord call and deciding that it would once again be a good idea to go on the dark web. This is after we had already been on the dark web a few weeks earlier and found the website with all the webcams on. And people were just watching people sleep and stuff. And I don't know why we thought it was a good idea to return to the dark web. But we were like, dang, bro, it was kind of fun. It was an adventure. We got a crazy story out of it. So forget it. We'll just go for it, you know? Why not take a chance and go back on the dark web? Nothing bad could ever potentially happen here. So us three are sitting here looking like a discount Scooby-Doo in the mystery crew type of, <laughs> I don't know, type of gang. Were they a gang? I, I don't really think Scooby-Doo and his crew could be considered a gang. I don't think they're throwing a blood gang sign in the middle of Compton while looking for ghosts. But whatever, that's the analogy I'm going to use for this. We were looking like Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Gang. And uh, we hop on the dark web. I'm pretty sure Benji was in control this time. And we just start looking around. We're like, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Nothing bad's gonna happen. We're not gonna get caught doing anything. No biggie. And Benji stumbles upon this, like, eBay on the dark web. That's the only way he could describe it. Where people are just selling random stuff. And he finds... <laughs> we start looking through And there's some creepy stuff. But we're pretty sure it's not real. And he finds, like, eyeballs and, and livers and lungs. And I'm 99% sure it's fake. But it's still pretty creepy. Like, if it is real, you guys were really, really obvious, you know? If you're gonna try to have a black market for lungs, at least hide it a little bit more, all right? Not be on the homepage promoting it. Like, imagine clicking on YouTube.com and the first video that you see pop up is how to get an organ on the dark web not clickbait like it, it was just a pretty weird experience i'm pretty sure it was fake uh but but sometimes <laughs> things would get a little scarier like hopping from website to website we go from a hitman website which is terrifying if it was real we start finding different websites where you could pay to get people's private information like for three dollars they would dox whoever you wanted and as a youtuber that's terrifying like the prospect of someone giving a random hacker three dollars and getting all my private information yeah no thank you no thank you and eventually we come across another ebay right and on this they have these like boxes it's like a mystery box or whatever and they were like i don't know a hundred dollars for a mystery box and we start joking around that we should order one and open it up on youtube because i guess there's youtubers that open uh quote-unquote mystery boxes from the dark web and the people that make videos on them are, are just lying okay like they open a mystery box on the dark web and they get a, a skull cup a plastic skull cup they're like "Ooh, wow look at this as if anyone on the dark web selling boxes is like gonna send you a plastic cup come on you think those are the people on the dark web some guy goes to Party City, fills up a box, ships it out only using the dark web. I, I don't think so. But whatever, we were making jokes the whole time about how we should uh, we should get one. It was like $120, I think, when all was said and done. And I'm like, oh, I'm not giving them my address. And Benji's like, well, I'm not giving them my address. And Cyrus is like, I'm not giving them my address. And then they said it, guys, the dreaded word that no one wants to hear. No balls. No balls. They no balls me. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So I give Ben my address. He types it in. And uh, we, we order this thing. He pays for it, but it's coming to my house. Now, of course, this was stupid. I should not have done this, but uh, I, I got no balls, guys. It's a badge of honor that you have to do it if you get no balls. 
And so we order it and they're like, as soon as it gets there, you have to open it on camera. All right, whatever. So like a month goes by and we've all forgotten that we ordered the stupid thing on the dark web. Because as YouTubers, we have a tendency to blow money on stupid things, okay? I'm not saying that we're financially responsible, all right? I would not take financial advice from myself. I buy stupid things, all right? But it's the perks of being a YouTuber, okay? It's kind of like a badge of honor. You can't spend every penny responsibly. You have to do some dumb things like buy things on the internet and give your address to strangers. But a month later, I get this box in the mail and it's a big, 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 big box and it feels really, really, really heavy. So... I am looking at the address. I don't remember what it is. I don't remember anything that I've ordered that's this big. And then I remember, oh my God, we ordered the thing on the dark web a month ago. So I run upstairs with this big box. It probably weighs about 30, 40 pounds. So I'm lugging it up the stairs and I call my friends and I go, guys, the box is here. And they're like, what box? I go from the dark web. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So they all run over. They turn on their face cams. We're all sitting here face to face like the Goonies right now. All right. Like the first time you find an old nudie mag in the woods and we're, we're like, all right, here we go. We're going to figure out what the mystery box on the dark web was. And so the moment of truth comes guys i take my knife i cut open my box and it is the scariest thing i've ever seen see i had spent 120 dollars and gotten this box and we open it and it's literally 30 40 pounds of rocks with a post-it note in the middle of it and so i pick up the post-it note and i uncrumple it and i show everyone and it just says get that's it that's literally all it says except it didn't have a blank space okay or a swear or a bleep or whatever i decided to do that's all it said. So uh, moral of the story is anybody that buys a mystery box and gets cool stuff, even if it's a party city mug, is lying because in reality, they just send you a bunch of rocks and, uh, and and a little note for you. I do gotta say credit to the guys that sent it because they could have just sent nothing and I probably would have forgot that I bought it. So uh, yeah, at least I got some rocks out of it. You know, I put them in my front yard. You really decorated with them, had some great landscaping. And uh, if anyone asks, I'm gonna say a hacker designed my front yard. So don't mess with me. I'm super dangerous, guys. Uh, yeah, a little bit of an anticlimactic ending, but I just thought it was funny since- So, you know, I- I've had my fair share of weird experiences. I've lived a pretty interesting life, all things considered. Mainly because, um, I don't know, I- I guess weird things like to happen to me. I'm not sure why I think weird people are just attracted to me in one way or another, and this is one of those times. Basically, a weird weeaboo kid, like, wanted to fight me when I was in college because the girl that he had a crush on had a crush on me. Uh, overall, I rate the experience a 3 out of 10. He kind of smelled like body pillow and pig sweat, but it's whatever. It is what it is, and I figured it'd be an entertaining story for you guys, so without further ado, let's get into it. So my, my first year of college was pretty uneventful, okay? I absolutely hated it. I hated going to class. I hated doing everything, but I had a, a, a lot of good friends, okay? I guess you could say I'm a social butterfly, something about being an outspoken guy who uh, has no filter. I guess it makes people want to be friends. I don't really know. And I, I was friends with quite a few people. And you know, being the charming, charismatic, handsome, beautiful raccoon that I am, uh, a few of these friends ended up developing a crush on me. Nothing I can do about it. I can't control these things. You know, I was just living life being in college. I never really had plans to, you know, uh, uh, date anybody, I guess. I was just doing me, you know, doing my thing. But whatever, a few of the girls that I was friends with had a crush on me, and it was no big deal, it was just kind of awkward at times. But I guess to some people, it, it was a little deeper than that, okay? It was the most dangerous, fantastical threat they've ever had. Me, 6'2", 160 pounds, was the greatest threat to society that they had ever seen, and I needed to be smited off the planet like a bug. So one day, I'm hanging out with a few of my friends, one of which has a crush on me, and she tells me that there's this weird dude on her floor that's like super into anime, okay? We're talking body pillow, 
collections, trying to learn Japanese just to, you know, uh, flex the fact that he was super into anime, I guess. And whatever. If you want to watch anime, that's all you. Like, no hard feelings. Do you, boo-boo. Like, you know, I- I'm-, I'm not too pressed about it. Live your life. Do whatever you want to do. But the guy was super into anime and definitely what I would call a weeaboo. He was 100% a weeb. And like I said, uh, it's not a big deal if you're a weeaboo. Like, if that's really what you want to do, do you, you know? I- I'm not too pressed about it. The thing that this kid did that really decided to, you know, piss me off was he started to creepily obsess over this girl. I'm talking waiting in the main lobby of the dorm room for when she would come home so we could ask her to hang out. He would knock on her door constantly asking if she could talk to him. He found her number and found her on Twitter and would just DM her and text her constantly. She ended up having to change her phone number so that way the guy would leave her alone. He was just a stage one creeper and when she went to the school about it, they were kind of like, oh well, he hasn't done anything violent or threatened any violence so there's not much we could do, which I think is crazy, bro. If you're getting stalked by a weeaboo, the school should do something, but they didn't. So she comes to me and goes, look, you know, I I think he might back off if I say that I have a boyfriend, so can I just tell him that you're my boyfriend and and we'll see if it makes him leave me alone. And my friend was super stressed out about it, and I mean, who wouldn't be, okay? Imagine Otaku over here staring through your window with those anime eyes like, Senpai, Kyorito. Yeah, that that would freak me out too, okay? I'd be a little bit spookied. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, if you think it might help your problem and the kid will leave you alone if he thinks you have a boyfriend, of course, go for it. Be like, damn, man, we're getting married tomorrow. Like, whatever you have to do to get this kid to leave you alone is fine because I don't like my friends being stalked by sweaty body pillow boys, okay? Sweaty body pillow boys. That's a new definition, but I think I'm gonna start using it constantly. From now on, anyone that stalks my friends is a sweaty body pillow boy that needs some help. Slightly misguided, a little bit confused, but oh well, we'll use it as a term from now on. So she goes back, and the next day, homeboy's waiting for her in the lobby like a creepy dog with an obsession with uh, someone that's not his owner. She goes, hey, you know, I, I appreciate it, I appreciate the flattery, but I have a boyfriend. And from what I've been told, I wasn't there for the situation. The look in his eyes immediately goes, you know, and like, the anime characters are about to go Super Saiyan and it does a close-up of their eyes and it's all bloodshot and they're like, huh? Huh? I have been challenged? My honor has been destroyed? Yeah, something like that, okay? She could see, she could tell in his eyes that he was definitely not too happy with the fact that she had a, um, air quote, boyfriend here, alright? Uh, but it is what it is. He goes, oh, okay, I I understand, you know, I just thought I was doing the honorable thing by, you know, trying to court you and win you over. And who says that? Who says that in 2018? Yeah, I thought I was doing the honorable thing by waiting for you to get home creepily in the lobby so I could tell you everything about anime and, you know, just talk your ear off. That's not courting, bro. What, what, first of all, what is courting? Second of all, stalking someone isn't courting, alright? That's that's just not what you do when you really want to take them on a date. Not once has a girl ever been like, ugh. I would date you, but you don't wait for me to come home enough and knock on my door constantly and get my phone number from people, alright? Ugh. You're just really not making enough of an effort. No one ever thinks that, ever. Just, if you're a guy, no girl wants to be stalked. It's not something that goes through their mind on a daily basis. But whatever, I guess this guy's pride was a little hurt, because instead of just taking it like a man and being like, alright, the girl that I like is with somebody else, you know, it's time to back off. He decided that no, 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 no. He would do everything in his power to find out who her boyfriend was and, uh, challenge me to a duel for her honor. I'm telling you, dude, this guy thought we were living in an anime, okay? So he starts asking around everybody he knows, being like, hey, do you know who she's dating? And of course, we're not actually dating, so everybody just says no. So he starts just waiting, right? He starts just sitting in the lobby where we would hang out and just waiting for something to happen. So one day, we're sitting in the lobby just hanging out, doing our thing, right? I think we were playing, like, Cards Against Humanity or something, just doing a a normal hangout session, all right? Nothing wild going on. And here comes Mr. Otaku in a karate robe, okay? A karate 
karate robe down the stairs into the lobby of the dorm. And as soon as he walks in, the girl goes, oh God. And I look up and I see it and, and I crack a smile, right? And he walks up to the group and he goes, who is, uh, let me make up a name for her, Samantha's boyfriend. Who is Samantha's boyfriend? And we're all smiling and I, I don't remember exactly like, I'm not like, oh yes, that's me. This is my pretend role. We're all giggling and he goes, who is Samantha's boyfriend? And she goes, he is. And she points at me. And I, first of all, Samantha, I didn't have to pretend to date you. Okay, snitching me out to the kid in the karate robe was not the cool thing to do, all right? I mean, damn, if that's how it's gonna be, how am I ever supposed to deal drugs with you, all right? You're gonna snitch me out first thing. Cops are gonna walk in immediately. You're gonna be like, it was Ryan. I, I can't live like that. Way to go, Sam. I thought I had your back, you know, but it's whatever. It's fine. I guess I'll deal with it. I know who you are now, your fake friend. So he walks up to me and goes, I'm challenging you to a duel for her honor. And I'm like, all right, G, um, first of all, I, I don't know what you mean by duo. Like, are we gonna slap each other with salmon or something? I, I don't know. And he goes, no, 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 we're gonna fight. And in my head, here's what I'm thinking. Listen, listen, listen. I wouldn't call myself a feminist, all right? I, I think men and women are equal, but sometimes I think the feminist movement gets a little wild and zany. Uh, but but one thing I definitely believe is that I don't own women, all right? If you're not gonna fight me for her honor, if a girl wants to be with you, then she wants to be with you. I don't own her honor. I don't own her at all. So for you to assume that just because you beat me in a fight, you magically get to date this girl is like super, super sexist. So I, I kind of tell him, look, dude, I don't own the girl. If she wants to be with you, then she would be with you. Like, it's not my problem that you can't get the girl, okay? Like, yeah, fighting me is not going to solve your problems. She still doesn't find you attractive because if she did, she'd date you. And I guess this really sets him off. He goes, no, 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 we're going to duel for it. I'm like, okay, well, what is a duel, dude? Like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Pokemon? What's the dealio? Like, you want to get my 3DS? I don't know. And he goes, no, I want to fight you. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you, bro. First of all, you look like a weirdo in your, your karate robe. I can smell the body pillow sweat dripping off of you. Second of all, I don't own the girl. There's nothing I can do to force a girl to date you. This is not my fault. And I guess this really sets him off. And he's like, Aah! and he goes and he tries to swing at me. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Please do not swing on me with your gross weeaboo hand. By the way, it's not that weeaboos are gross. All right. It's just that, um, this, this kid never showered. I don't know. Maybe he thought it was boosting his power level or that like his man stent stink BO smell would like attract women. I don't know, but it was not a pleasant experience okay? Smelling this kid was a lot like, I don't know, sniffing farts. It was just not, not fun. But whatever, here's this kid swinging on me because I won't fight him for the honor of a girl that I'm not dating, that I don't own. And he thinks he's looking savage, all right? He had the karate robot, and I think in his head, the punches he's throwing are like the most beautifully formed arcs that are gonna nail me in the forehead. When in reality, he's just kind of flailing his arms around like a dead fish. And as you know, I've told stories on the channel before, I can't really fight, but in, this is the one instance in my life where I knew I could just beat this kid like a pulp. But I, I don't want to hurt him because clearly I think there's a, a deeper issue at play here. And I don't really want to touch him either. Like, I don't want to pin this kid to the ground and have to hold him there. Are you kidding me? Then I got to smell otaku for the next hour? No, thank you. So I decide, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to hit him once. I'm just going to hit him once. Maybe, maybe he'll back off because this way the solution is, uh, <laughs> he'll leave. And, and everyone's here, they're all watching it, so I got witnesses to say that I'm, I was not trying to hurt the kid at all. So I went back and I hit him once, and it, I don't think I punched him really hard, okay? I don't really have muscles, but I don't know what it was, but this kid breaks down into tears and starts crying. He goes, okay, stop, and runs away. And, and we hear, like, his door to his dorm room slam. And we're like, what is going on, right? But I guess other people in the lobby saw the entire thing too. 
And the girl was like, okay, I think I finally have enough on him to report him to the dean's office and, and get this situation handled. Because now it's not like he's just waiting for me. He's trying to challenge people to a duel for my hand in marriage or something. Like, it's 19, uh, what, 22 in Japan? I don't know. I, I don't really don't know much about Japanese culture. If anything I've said has been offensive, that's my bad. But whatever. So we go to the dean's office, and, like, everybody who's there says, yeah, he walked up and tried to uh, challenge Ryan here to a fight for this lady's honor. And Ryan just hit him back after he was hitting Ryan and like uh, he, he cried and ran to his room and uh, they put out a protection order he couldn't talk to her for the rest of the year they didn't make a move out or anything which is crazy to me because this dude was clearly clearly not all right uh but but I guess it is what it is she stopped getting harassed I got to punch a weeaboo and I got this story out of it moral of the story um don't try to fight people for a woman's honor in 2018 2019 or, or any year you're just weird guys don't own women and uh it's not my job to a uh, fight for their honor Second of all, don't fight me, alright? Because one time I punched a weeaboo so hard he cried. <laughs> Not to flex or anything, but I am kind of a big deal. Definitely out here with the biggest muscles in the game. On that note, guys, I think that's gonna do it for the video. This is by far my longest story time ever. I'm sorry, there was just a lot to cover, alright? It all started with an innocent friendship and ended with me defending a woman's honor with the uh, most lightning-fast karate you guys have ever seen in your entire life. If you enjoyed the video, be sure to press the like button, leave a comment down below. All that stuff is really impressive. Follow me on Twitter, at ScrubbyVivo, Instagram, at Scrubby underscore YT. Thank you all so much for the support recently. It, it really has been incredible. We're nearing 100k on the second channel, which is just absolutely flabbergasting. Whoa. whoa. And uh, yeah, my name is Scrubby. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another story time. Don't get anyone pregnant. And if you are going to get someone pregnant, make sure they're hot. I'm out. Peace.